0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back. We are in part 3 of 3 of Atisha's teachings on mind training. Now, for those of you who are joining in late, there are 15 verses that Atisha, an Indian yogi, took across to the Himalayas to Tibet. And they form the basis of the Vajrayana system of Buddhist mind training. Very powerful stuff. We've had two episodes where we ran through nine of these verses, and today we're going to complete the set of 15. The ninth one, the last one I left you with, was that the Supreme Spiritual Teacher is the one who exposes our hidden flaws. This is Easy to understand. Of course if you go back to the previous episode you will find that there is a lot of depth to understanding this because it's not just about the teacher exposing flaws because they can see them but it's also about who we consider our teacher. And the next verse continues with this, the supreme instruction is the one that strikes those hidden flaws. Now get this, anyone as in the previous instruction could have pointed a flaw to you and Atisha recommends to be grateful to them. But once the instruction has come, once the exposure has come, the instruction is the one that strikes exactly on the flaw and therefore we must not resist the instruction rather we must act on it we must understand that whatever resistance comes up organically within us is a kind of mechanism to protect ourselves and remain in the space of conformity he talked about conformity earlier and that's what we don't want to be we don't want to be what everybody else is because that is not what is taking us to our highest potential. Otherwise, everybody would be at their highest potential. So the supreme instruction is the one that strikes those hidden flaws. And when you recognize that that is the instruction, that's when you start working on the mind, working on your habits, working on whatever it takes to embrace and not have that as a hidden flaw again. Of course, there will be many on the journey. (laughs) The whole journey to enlightenment is one where we are removing these flaws, we are removing these obscurations, and the mind is our greatest friend in this journey. Number 11. The supreme companions are mindfulness and alertness. Now, the Buddha himself, 2500 years ago, gave 16 practices on four foundations for mindfulness. He kind of invented the concept, if you may. But the enemy of mindfulness is forgetfulness. And alertness is the clear comprehension, which checks the mind for dullness. So. Atisha is bringing in the combination of mindfulness and alertness. And he says, we must make adjustments to prevent the sinking of the mind into dullness and bring clarity into meditation. So we check from time to time for distractions and mindfulness as has been defined on four foundations is the way to liberation. Of the body, the feelings, the mind and phenomena or mental factors. The right mindfulness means knowing what we are doing in full with right and wholesome intentions. Stay present with focus on breathing in the now, in this moment. Breathing is the one thing that will always be with you till the time you die. So, being with your breath is the way to stay in the present. You cannot breathe in the past, you cannot breathe in the future. Breathing takes you where you are. Walk when you walk. Sit when you sit. Experience the experience spaciously like an awakened one like that is all there is to do and the subtleness of the mind starts working for you because the mind is subtler than the body and you may want to start the mindfulness with sensations of the body you can be you know like breath works both energetically you feel your energy as well as it works physically on the body. You feel the belly rise, you feel the nostrils dilate, you feel the air currents within. So, use those as your companions and allow the alertness to keep bringing you back from distracting thoughts. It's not that the thoughts are to be fought against, you will never achieve peace by fighting. You have to befriend the thoughts, but just befriending the thought is one thing and befriending it to the extent that it knows that if something is important enough, it can bring it back to you after you've finished with your uh, mindful exercise with the breath. That's a true friend and that's what you want to make your thoughts, true friends. Number 12, the supreme inspiration is enemies and hindrances, disease and suffering. He's got this great way of making things very counterintuitive. But he says, and you will easily catch this, no obstacles, no progress. Discomforts are what make us skillful, to be loving and compassionate to the people who are obnoxious, to the situations that are uncomforting, to the problems that we have to overcome. Nothing to overcome, no progress. So mind training is about using the abusive situation to be on the path, not to ask Or when it would go away or you know complain that it's unwanted but rather to embrace it and use it as the stepping stone to climb over. What's important is not what happens but how we respond to it to nurture our spiritual life. Think If the same thing happened to an awakened mind, a Buddha, what would they do? And that's how you plan, how you use enemies, hindrances, disease and suffering as inspiration. The supreme method is to be natural. Not pretending to be someone else, be in the natural state of mind. Buddha mind. What does natural mean? Natural means relaxed and honest, neither tight nor loose. But it's fine to be irritated rather than compassionate at times. I mean, if we are perfect, we don't need the path, right? But remember this that we go to the doctor because we acknowledge the issue and when we acknowledge that we are too tight or too loose we are slightly dishonest that's when we can regress back to what is the natural way and do it with a sense of humor haha that was me be an observer look at yourself from the outside as hey This is your name, and this is what they're talking. How unnatural! How ridiculous! What is this person, your name, responding to or reacting to? And that will bring you back on the path, the supreme method, the supreme way. benefiting is to help others enter the Dharma. The Dharma meaning the way, non religiously, non sectarianly. It is the natural way. So it is only when you embrace the concepts of mind training that this way becomes more and more clear to you. There are three elements. The Buddha, which is the awakened mind. The Dharma, which is all phenomena of the way we work. And the Sangha, which is about the company we have, which is guiding us in a supportive group to get to embrace the Dharma and become the Buddha. So that's the Holy Trinity would say in Buddhism the Buddha Dharma and Sangha and the penultimate verse focuses on this aspect as does the ultimate verse as well the supreme way of benefiting is to help others enter the Dharma you see when your purpose is outwards it is facing others it is contributing to the prosperity of others automatically there is great happiness and great karmic benefit benefit of your actions that you carry on lifetime to lifetime so if you exemplify the dharma and not just say it for the sake of saying it but live it then you give people meaning for their lives because they see the the peace the happiness the health the alignment, the harmony that you live with. And they want that too. We all want that. And that is the way. And that is how the Sangha develops. And then the last verse is the supreme benefit is a mind that turns towards them. So just as you have taken it outwards, this purpose, you take it take your mind in the same direction which means don't merely do practices but take the mind turn the mind towards the phenomena towards everything that creates the causes and conditions for your next life to be at an elevated level so that you can continue a journey to help even more people. The Buddha was pretty cognizant of the fact that one person may not even reach out to everybody and bring that enlightenment in one lifetime. But there are several lifetimes which can be lived in a continuum. So you don't lose what you have spent years acquiring, but rather carry that over into a karmic mind stream of consciousness. And make the mind and life and the practice equal as you transcend all those lives in all those states and that is the supreme benefit because then you alchemize your mind into one that lives and breathes the way and make it an instrument to help others live and breathe the way as well and embrace all the other verses which make the mind stronger and make the body work in a direction guided by the mind which helps each one of us individually and collectively as a consciousness across the whole species because the human species is the one that has been endowed with the capacity to fathom these concepts and it's a precious human life that we have which we must seek to continue and uh, the only way we continue it is through the training of the mind which governs how we live through this life in this body. So that was 15 verses on mind training by Atisha. If you haven't caught up with the first two parts, do so now and if you have love to have your comments on this whole thing as you live this journey thank you have a wonderful day